Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. I'd like to welcome John Young to the show today. He's an attorney at Garrett Human Robertson, specializing in civil litigation, workers' compensation, and workplace torts defense, and employment and labor law. John, welcome. Hi. Good to be here. So, John, you wrote an article recently in the Oregon State Bar Workers' Compensation section for the Tech News Tuesday, and you basically talked about kind of a paperless atmosphere in the professional workplace. So I just had a few questions on that. In the article itself, you mentioned that a paperless office can save you time and money. So try to elaborate on that and see how it relates to kind of the regular professional workplace. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I do work in a law firm, so we probably can be a little unique compared to some other industries. But from my perspective and the, the message I was trying to get across to the, to the state bar was, um, yeah, you can save time and money. Uh, the first thing, obviously, with, with money, I was just um, taking a look at our cost alone. We're, we're kind of a medium-sized firm, about 25 attorneys, um, another 40 to 50 in staff. And just for our photocopying and paper costs, uh, that we budgeted for this year was $60,000. Um, and something else we have to do as attorneys is we have to have to store files for, you know, up to eight years following any time we handle a matter. So uh, all that paper costs the firm money. Uh, we go through tons and tons of reams of paper. And then um, having people handle it, move it around, keep it in storage, um, it kind of adds up. So... Uh, one of the ideas in the article is, you know, if you can go more to an electronic database with your files, you know, you've got less money spent on paper, less money to spend on photocopying, fax costs, uh, storage costs, and then, you know, potentially labor and handling it all. And it, it kind of seems to me that a lot of businesses are actually making this transition to a paperless office. But here's a question for you, John. Is it the right thing to do for a business just from an environmental standpoint do you think cultures employees the people within the office do they expect that of employers now and should they actually go that route i think more and more people are expecting it um and i think it's we probably see it generationally i'm i'm a gen liar i think there's a bunch of people in my group that are conscious of it and willing and wanting to make the transition I think some of the baby boomers are still, um, you know, happy doing things the way they were, but there's still there's still a group of people in there that are willing to kind of forge ahead and kind of make the change. And I think the younger generations are definitely on board with it. Um, from an environmental standpoint, yeah, it seems like a good thing to do. I mean, obviously, um, producing paper uses a lot of water, a lot of trees, a lot of energy, and chemicals, right? So um, the less we can use it, the better. Um, it's definitely a uh, a benefit, um, but you know, just kind of going back to 
even the general idea of is it the right thing to do for business. I mean, anything that can make your business more efficient or save it, um, save it money, you know, increase the bottom line, it's probably a good thing to do for its business, whether you have shareholders or you're the sole owner or, or whatever. And sure, the bottom line is definitely one thing, but I wonder, are people the Gen Yers and, and, and even a younger generation, do you think they seek out employers who are environmentally responsible? So would they be looking for an employer that is completely paperless? Is that a kind of a decision that they would make to go work for somebody? And if so, don't you think employers would want to go that route to kind of pleasing the, the top talent that's in the kind of the environment, the workplace environment? Yeah, I, I think to kind of, you know, my general sense is answering the first question is there is a group of, of younger people out there that um, do want that an employer. I do want an employer that's more um, environmentally conscious. I think consumers, customers more and more want that as well. Um, you know, at, at the same time, it's a tough, you know, job market right now. So if, if you know, all things being equal and a, a person has, a job offer from two companies, yeah, maybe the company with the more um, that's more environmentally conscious is going to get the nod. But you know, I don't think I, I would doubt many people would turn down employment nowadays just because someone may not be so environmentally conscious and trying to go paperless. But but I think it's a benefit to do it. I think um, you know businesses need to look down the road. It's it's just like with all the social media, it, it's coming. If you're not doing it. Uh, whether it's social media or going paperless, you're kind of going to get left behind. With the firms that actually do want to start going paperless, what is a way they can go this route? Is it a gradual increase all the way to kind of a paperless atmosphere, or is it something they could just convert overnight? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, unless you have a ton of resources in, in the sense of funds, it's probably really hard, if not impossible any way to do it overnight. So it's almost got to be a little bit of a gradual process. You've got to get a plan together. And whether that's uh, using people in-house to, you know, maybe create a team and say, hey, how are we going to do this? What's our plan? How are we going to implement it? Or bringing in someone else, uh, some consultants that specialize in this stuff. you kind of got to put something together, you know, decide what kind of uh, software hardware you need. And then you got to try it out, right? You can't just, like, throw a law firm for example, I can't. We can't go in the firm and take every single file and just automatically convert it to to digital. But what we can do is all the new files that come in, we start trying to trying to do them more on a digital basis. You know, make it more paperless. And um, as that as that proves successful, then you you kind of implement the protocol um, full blown. You know, after you've had a chance to kind of try it out. So I think it's I think it's a it's hard to do it overnight it's got to be pretty gradual and john who do you think is leading this implementation is it the it if you have those resources as as, in your workplace or is it hr is it an operations who do you think is actually leading the change well it's almost uh it it could be a a couple different ways it could be a a business philosophy so it can kind of come from the from the leadership hey we want to be more environmentally conscious or hey We've got way. How are we using paper? We've got ways to cut a lot of costs here. Um, so you know, leadership can kind of drive it. Uh, I think absolutely you need IT involved and you need HR involved as you come up with a plan as you start to implement it. 
and then um, you kind of got to get everybody on board eventually. And, you know, trying to mix it up, uh, hey, we're going to do it over here, we're not going to do it over here, I don't think that really works. You kind of need to, to try and do it across the board so everybody within the company is doing the same thing. And I'm sure you're you're relatively new to the kind of the paperless atmosphere, just like most of us are. But what does an electronic storage and filing system look like? I imagine everybody has their own organization in in terms of how they want to find things and sort it for uh, everybody within the organization. But what what have you seen that's worked? Yeah, and you know, law firms are really new to this. We're probably dragging behind some of the other uh, more innovative companies, but you know, like for, for my firm, what we have right now is we have a, a number of different drives. And within those drives are all the all the documents we create electronically. Uh, the next step beyond that is, is you know, within those drives, within those folders, everything's categorized the same way it would be categorized within my legal file. I've got a file for correspondence. I've got a file for pleadings. I've got a file for discovery. And as things come into the office, if people are still sending them, you know, via paper, we scan it, uh, we get it into the electronic file, and organize it the same way we would. And there's a bunch of different ways to um, make that easier down the road with if we put it in a PDF, you know, using Adobe, and then using OCR to uh, for text recognition. You know, later on down the road, you can search all those documents for key terms. Um, you know, and each document's got to have its own key filing name. It's just like anything else, I think, but it's kind of, it's you know, it's it's setting it up in a digital form. And are all the documents stored on a server locally or in the cloud somewhere? How Basically, if you're going to do a search, how does the server get indexed for all of those files? And then, uh, because it has to be indexed in order for you to search for particular files to make it really efficient in finding documents. So what's the interaction like between the server settings? Yeah, you know, and you may be getting a little out of my wheelhouse here. I'm kind of just learning this as I go, too. But, but here's my basic understanding. Um, us, for example, every file we have, whether it was a paper file from 20 years ago or today, gets an eight-digit file number. So right away when we go into this shared directory, all those files are in there. You get to each file. Um, then you can search from there, right? But um, as far as storage goes... Um, with some of the ethical considerations and safety considerations as we do kind of store uh, sensitive stuff. You've kind of got to have three layers from what I understand. Um, as you're working on stuff, it's getting backed up, it's getting mirrored, and then it's getting backed up to um, servers on site. And then at the same time, um, you know, daily, it's got to get backed up to servers off site. I understand um, you know, security used to be more of an issue. I think there's a lot of arguments nowadays that say it's probably safer to have this stuff uh, encrypted and, and stored electronically than it is having one file, you know, in a building or in a storage room. And that's a good point. And that really brings up my next question, John. Is, are there any legal ramifications around having electronic documents, um, especially if you have a client's? that you are using their material on uh, electronic documents and, and whether or not they're submitting things electronically or you're just storing them, what are some of the legal things that you have to worry about? Yeah, I, and I think I, I got to that a little bit, but, you know, it, it used to be more of a concern, you know, oh, what happens if the, if the server crashes or if you 
you know, somebody hacks into it. But, um, you know, you can have so many layers of um, backup nowadays that, that make it almost, um, you know, impossible to lose this stuff. And then it can be encrypted on such a level that it makes it uh, really safer. So the argument nowadays is, well, you're more likely to have someone break into your building or your storage or to suffer a, a natural disaster you know, to, to destroy a paper file that can never be recreated than you are to lose something electronically. So when all this stuff started coming out in the legal field, you know, there was a lot of concern about safety and security, but uh, the American Bar Association and all the state bar associations are really on board now with, with going the electronic route. So any ethical considerations have kind of been dealt with. Um, and with clients specifically, it's it's probably a case-by-case basis, you know, if they have issues with it. What if clients aren't comfortable with submitting documents electronically and and you as a workplace, you decide that you are completely 100% electronic documents only, no paper. What do you do in that situation? Do you make a, a special exception to keep the business or... Um, refrain from doing business with them. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, my opinion is you would you would make an exception. At the end of the day, uh, my law firm, you know, much like um, a lot of companies are in the customer service business, you know, even if we make a conscious effort to or a conscious decision, hey, we're going paperless and we're going to send everything to our clients uh, via, um, you know, email or a PDF attached to an email all electronically, um, and, you know, for whatever reason, the client doesn't want it. I, I think it would almost be silly to, to, to bypass a client, um, you know, just because they would prefer to re- receive something in paper. And I think you see this across the board, right? I mean, even with all our bills that we receive day in and day out, you get the option. Um, so I, personally, I think it would, you'd make an exception. Why lose a, why lose a really good client, um, you know, just because they'd rather receive a few things in paper? And at the same time, that doesn't prevent you, the company, from continuing to do everything electronically. So if I'm going to generate a letter to a client about the details of their case and the status, and a, you know, say it's a very detailed letter. So I'll, I'll do all my research online. I'll compile my letter electronically. I'll edit it electronically. And until I'm ready to um, send it and it's completely finalized, you know, at that point, I can hit print, put out one piece of paper, and get it to them. And if the client wants that, you know, hey, make the client happy. And then that's a great point you make, John. I mean, when you're doing business, you can keep everything electronic on your side. But when you're interacting with them, you can decide to print it out or just basically cater to them and how they want to interact with you. So it's really their their choice, and you, you should cater to them. And the way, that's the way I see it, at least. Yeah, and it's this discussion, you know, as – I've gotten more and more into it. I hear a lot, paper, quote, less, unquote. I mean, you know, people talk about that a lot. There's no way to really go completely paperless on a lot of these things. But, you know, the companies are looking for ways to cut down on paper usage, uh, increase the bottom line, you know, not spend so much on, on paper and photocopying, et cetera. So, uh, you know, it may be impossible to completely get rid of it. But, so that's kind of accounts for that a little bit, I guess. Well, that's great. Thanks for being with us today, John. So where can people learn more about your firm and you? Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, as you mentioned, I work for Gary Heeman Robertson. We're uh, in Salem, Oregon, and we do a lot of work for the Mid Valley, but you know, across the state and a few other states as well. 
uh, people can go to our website, which is ghrlawyers.com, and our phone number is 503-581-1501, and people have questions, they could also send me an email, jyoung at ghrlawyers.com. Our guest today has been John Young of Garrett Heeman Robertson. Thanks for being part of our show. Anytime. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.